So, yeah, I'm live. Cool. I've come back from the dead. Uh, so, yeah, we're in Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 30. And what? The artwork? Thank you. You know, um, Mercy said this one looks really geeky, mainly because of his nose. Yeah, so he's got the Pinocchio nose, but he's telling the truth, you can tell. Anyway, so just because you got a long nose doesn't mean you're a liar. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's, we got to jump right in because we only have so much time here. So um, one of the things that we, we, we firmly believe here by giving you a reading plan is to, tr uh, um, we believe that the way that, that we grow in our relationship with God bears like a direct relationship to how it is that we read scripture. And sometimes reading scripture is difficult because, frankly, this is a library. It's full of a lot of different books written a long time ago uh, by people who we don't know uh, from a culture and a, and a people that is just really unfamiliar. So that like coming back to reading the Bible almost feels like traveling back in time or traveling to a foreign country where everything is just done a little bit different. Um, and so what we want to do is to try and make the Bible a little bit less foreign and help you to be able to get to know Scripture really well so that you can get to know the God who's revealed in Scripture really well. And what the reason why this is something that's important here is that uh, so in the Bible is uh, lots of different ways uh, that God reveals himself, whether it's from. Uh, narrative from genealogies to psalms to laments to all these different kinds of stuff. And for the next uh, uh, whole chapter, uh, you're going to find a whole bunch of parables. Everybody say parables. 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 Okay. Uh, we don't talk very much in parables, do we? Um, where, you know, if I ask my wife, Julie, once, you know, where's the stapler? She doesn't tell me, well, once upon a time, there was a husband who went and found things for himself. Um, I, I, she doesn't do that. You might do that. You might do that. We don't normally deal in parables, but in the Bible, there's actually a lot of parables, particularly Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, they are full of parables because this is a way that Jesus uh, being the remarkably flexible and dynamic preacher that he is, has a way of trying to communicate the word of God to us in the same way that it was communicated to the people who were there, to his disciples. So, but here's one of the interesting things, though. In chapter 13, not only do we have lots of parables, but there's an explanation for why it is that Jesus speaks in parables. And if it bothers to give us an explanation as to the why behind the what, we should really know what that why is so we can better understand the what. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. Uh, so, and I want us to try and get a frame of mind behind what it is that we're thinking about when we're talking about the why and why we're thinking about parables. So uh, I want you to ask, ask you something like this, where... Uh, Oh, have you, have you ever had this experience where you maybe have had uh, a favorite um, uh, television show that you really loved, that um, it became the thing that you quoted, that you thought about, that was just really meaningful to you, that um, you're just like, this has to be just like the best television show ever. Has anybody felt that way? Okay, yeah. What was yours, Luke? Go ahead. Be honest. 
It could be your guilty pleasure. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, okay. Yeah, you like, you know, teachers in meth labs. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> no, no. Uh, okay, so uh, uh, what about a, um, uh, what's, what's another one? What about food? Um, here's the food. Oh, this guy is going dry. I need to find a, that's a pizza, by the way. Anyway, have you ever had like this, this pizza, this food that you just loved? so much that you're like, it's impossible. There's, there's no way there's one person on planet Earth who doesn't love this because it is amazing. Does anybody have, have a, like that thought about that food that they love so much? Okay. Oreos. Oreos, yeah, yeah. I you know cheesecake. Cheesecake, yes, please. Thank you very much. You know, my niece was like almost like five years old before she discovered what an Oreo was, and it was like, you know, foreign to her. It was kind of funny, actually. Tells you what my parents are doing. Oh, not my parents, my siblings. There we go. Um, and what about? Um, okay. What about what about a music? A music that was just like this is like the music that just gives me life and joy and meaning. Uh, like, uh, like this is this has got to be the best music in the world. And that you, uh, anybody who feels that way, thinks that way? Okay. Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky. Because everybody loves Tchaikovsky as much as Luke does, right? Sound of music. Sound of music? There we go. I am 15, 16. Is that how that goes? That's one of them. That's one of them. One of the songs. You mean there's more than one song in The Sound of Music? No. No. I thought it was just Nazis. That's crazy. Oh, I had no idea. Okay. I still have never seen that all the way through, and I probably never. But great music. I'm sure it's great. You can add that to the mo favorite movie that you know. It's like this is so good. It's the perfect movie. Everyone thinks that the Princess Bride is like the perfect movie. Totally agree. Yeah. If you don't like that, you do have some serious problems. Uh, but so so okay. In the but I think we've all been in this position where this sort of thing, like it it captivates you. It arrests your attention and your imagination, your affections. It's what you meditate on because in some measure or another, the thing that you've loved has become a part of you and that you can scarcely talk about yourself without talking about those kinds of things. That it's just, it's just what comes out. It's there um, and it affects you. And, and when you're trying to tell somebody about what's happening, like, like, have you heard about this food? Have you heard about this music? Have you heard about this television show? You've got to see it. Go home and binge watch it right now. You just, you have to. It's going to be something. And then you get a look that's something like this. And in the back of your mind, you were thinking like, what's the disconnect? Like it's, it is this big question is why don't you get it? Like you, there, there's, there must be something going on between here to here that this thing has made my heart like this and that it doesn't touch you. It doesn't affect you. What's going on here? What, why, why is it that this thing that I found that is so resistible, so, so irresistible, excuse me, that other people find a way to resist? And believe it or not, this is the very same thing that is happening to Jesus when he's on earth preaching the message of the kingdom of heaven here in the gospel of Matthew, working miracles, casting out demons, challenging people's authority. I mean, uh, being 
the living incarnation of God himself that is the embodiment of this divine personality right before you. And somehow, some way, it affects some people, but for other people, it is cold. And we want to ask why. Why doesn't it affect you? Why doesn't it change you? Why is it that somehow, even for a lot of people who grow up in church, are just as bitter and spiteful and self-righteous as anybody you would find in the world? And it's like, somehow, some way, that your life hasn't been captivated, arrested, changed by the power of this Jesus who I know. What, what, what's happened here? And the parables are something instructive for us to be able to get at why that is. So let's look. Are, are, we, are we with are all, all on the same page? Okay. Love you. Man, you guys are great. Okay. So here we go. Matthew chapter 13, and we're actually going to start in verse 10. Okay. And mind you, uh, uh, these next few verses... Leading up to verse 17, ten, verses 10 through 17, is going to, er, it, excuse me, it has the potential to really lead your mind into some very deep theological waters. We do not have the time to do so. I would love to take you scuba diving that way, but um, we're never going to come back up. So what, what time, I, I need a watch. Oh, gosh. Um, 740. Yeah. 740. Okay, we're doing well so far. So, all right. So, uh, but yeah, let's, let's keep going. Then the disciples came to him and said, why do you speak to them in parables? And mind you, oh, gosh, okay. The them are the crowds who are coming to Jesus. And here's something that's, that's, that's just recently happened where just as Jesus is beginning to teach a parable, uh, uh, Matthew notes that it's at this very same time when, um, when Jesus, uh, he's, he's, you know, doing his, you know, gospel ministry thing, and crowds are coming, disciples are coming, and the, his, his immediate family can't get to him. And somebody says to him, like, hey, your, your mother and your brothers, like, they're, they're trying to look for you. And then he says, um, who are your mothers and brothers? Look around me. Like the person who's doing the will of my father. Like these are my mothers and my brothers. Where it's like he's recreated this, this or reestablished what the boundary marker is for who's in and who's out. Who's a brother? Who's a father? In the matter of this, this, this astounding proclamation, the kingdom of heaven is coming, and um, and and Jesus is is is, is inaugurating the kingdom of heaven on earth. It's amazing, and it's wonderful, it's powerful, it's scary, it blows our minds, um, and, and it, it's, it's, it's changed this dynamic about who's in and who's out. And, uh, and so everybody's still crowding around, and he says, at the same time, uh, he's, he's teaching, and it says so here in uh, verse 1, excuse me, at that same day, Jesus went out of the house, he sat beside the sea, great crowds gathered around him, so that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables. So there's this, um, this, this, it's like this, 
the spatial delineation about who's close to Jesus and who knows and who gets it and people who are on the outside. And there's this, this tension that's not just felt like right here in this passage, but even throughout, is this question not who are the disciples, but what is it that makes a disciple? And if whether or not uh, um, there's going to be people who, for whatever reason, are actually going to be gravitating, you're going to be Jesus, by the way, <laughs> gravitating towards Jesus, who say, I, this discipleship thing, this is for me. And then others who will say, no, I'm going to retreat. I'm going to come back. I'm going to, I, this, is, this was cool. This is fun for a while. Exciting, great, but not for me. Kind of thing. So it's like the, the, the road to discipleship is a two-way street. The road in inside the, the kingdom of heaven, that's a two-way street. Being a part of Jesus' family, a part of the family of God, two-way street kind of thing going on. And um, so this is the them, where, where, where the disciples, the people who are close, they're saying, why is it that you're speaking to them, parables, the people who are on the outside, the separated? Why is it that you feel like that the, the best way that you can communicate the kingdom of God is in this cryptic language? It's, in other words, like, the reason why parables are so difficult is because the meaning of them is never on the surface. It, you can never get what a parable is supposed to mean based upon a surface level interpretation. It doesn't happen. That's not the way parables interpret. You just say, wait, if you just were, were, were clearer, Jesus, you could, you, could, you could make it clearer to them. Why is it that you're teaching them in parables? Why is it? Uh, you could have made this clear, but you didn't. Why aren't you making it clearer, Jesus? There's, and this is what he says. Matthew chapter 13. Here it goes. And he answered them. To you, that's the disciples, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Now, when we're talking about the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, we're not talking about like a... Um, like uh, um, uh, certain things that are kept secret because other people don't want them to know, but rather the access to that is 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 something that has to be revealed in order for you to know it. Mm -hmm. So that, in other words, it's 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 contained. You you can't find it out unless you reveal it. I wouldn't have known my friend Jack here that he went to, to Vietnam, did some tours, and saw some crazy stuff unless he revealed it to me. That was all secret knowledge, and I respect you for that, man. So, um, like, um, that was a secret, and now it's revealed because you revealed it to me. There's secrets of the kingdom of heaven to say, this only comes from God. Um, it says, this has been given to you, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance for the, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. In other words, for those who have it, they grow because they have it. And the have-nots, even the things that they think they have, in the words of Luke, like it, 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 it's, um, it's, it's not going to come. Um, and let's, let's continue. It says this. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because... Seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. 
Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, you will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull. A dull, calloused, fattened heart, insulated, untouched, unmoved, unaffected heart. <clears throat> and with their eyes, they can barely hear, and their eyes have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their hearts and understand with their heart and, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous people have longed to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and do not hear it. I believe that it is totally deliberate that, that this explanation is wedged between a parable and its interpretation. Particularly because parables do, in the words of a, a book that I've uh, uh, been reading by James Carey, uh, is that parables mess with your head. Uh, because it's like, whenever you read a parable, it's like being forced to look into a mirror and seeing a piece of, of, of food that's been stuck in your teeth for a week and no one's told you about it. Um, I just came back from the dentist and had to have like, but the, usually the dentist just does the cleaning work, but he had to show me how bad my teeth were as he was cleaning them. And I was like, oh, great. I feel like such a schmuck where it's like, no matter what you do, you're always doing it wrong. Like, but, but this is the way it is that, that telling somebody a parable is a way of getting a person to reflect on the nature of their heart that is resistant to the thing that, 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 that's, that's coming down the pike, as it were. So it's, it's almost like, uh, or you might compare it to the, um, as you're driving, the warning lights on your dashboard, that when something's alerting, you're like, eh, eh, red rum, red rum, red rum, change the oil, that sort of thing. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, that that uh, it's like, it's the self-alert to what's going on because by, by listening to a parable, it's forcing you to have to look beneath the surface and to turn the scalpel on yourself to see what's actually going on inside. So is it 8 o'clock already? Okay. 49. Okay, I've got 10 minutes or so. So uh, where this is... No, 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 But we're expecting everybody's time. I also have to be up earlier in the morning, so... So, uh, but yeah, this is this is what it is that's 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 happening. It's going on to say, uh, in order for 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 this to be affected like this, the message of the gospel has to go deep, and it goes deep, not just to pr prompt growth, but to 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 bring forth what you would call fruit or harvest. And this, let's, let's, um, let me put it this way. Um, where it, 
this whole thing, uh, it reminds me of um, of of when uh, C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity, where he talked about uh, that uh, Christianity, he said this, if Christianity is false, it is of no importance. If Christianity is true, it is of infinite importance. The one thing it can't be is moderately important. <laughs> uh, not possible. Ain't wrong. Uh, so, right. So what this parable is well, at least like, wanting to try and do is to say this, the message of the cross, the, the, the truth of Christianity, the gospel, the good news of what God has done to rescue his people, to take uh, uh, rebels who are bent on destruction and, and uh, resistance against God, the creator and his purposes. God's come to, to, to save them, to redeem them, to rescue them. And this sort of thing has the power to be able to change a heart. And what he's about to tell them is to try and expose the people of a hardened heart that are unaffected so that there can be actually be hope that that heart can actually change. Uh, so let's look and read the parable uh, because we have only so much time. Uh, so are, are we all on the same page here? Okay, okay, cool. Uh, we'll try and go until eight and then uh, take questions if there are any. So, okay, uh, the parable begins in uh, verse, well, uh, halfway through verse three. Let's just begin at verse three. The many things in parables saying, a sower went to sow, That's, or a farmer went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell among the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seed fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And what does he say? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Who's got ears? Most of us have ears. Yes, there we go. Tina, you brought your ears today. Awesome, there we go. Good job. Wait for bringing your ears. There you go. Yeah, yeah, let us hear. Because with this hearing of what's going on here is meant to affect that. And we're about to see what it is that keeps that, that because one thing that's clear in this case is that everybody who's who's uh, described here, everybody hears, but not everybody listens, not everybody understands, not everybody gets it. Uh, so now, uh, hear then the parable of the sower. Uh, so let's, I want to do this a little bit here. Um, there's, when it's talking about the parable of the sower, which is right, it's, it's rightly called that, but you could just as well, by way of its, um, its, uh, its focus, call it the parable of 
the soils. In other words, however a, 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 a good seed, like even the best seed cannot grow in the wrong soil. It's, it's true. Uh, and there's at least four different types of soils, and let's walk through them. The one is the path. I'm going to try and take here. Everybody play rock, paper, scissors, right? Okay, there we go. Everyone show me your paper, right? Okay, there's your path. It looks like a path, doesn't it? Okay, there's seed that falls on, uh, on the path. Here's what's happening. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in the heart. This is what was sown along the path. So it happens here. This doesn't translate to that simply by way of, of no understanding. In other words, I hear the message and I never bothered to ask not only what it meant, but why it actually matters. So I encourage you, as you're reading the Bible, as you're, you're hearing Jesus's words, uh, ask why it matters. Uh, don't let the time that you're reading the Bible be like seed that's just scattered on the, on the, on the soil. It doesn't actually go anywhere. It just bounces and becomes uh, food for birds that just, you know, swipes away and it never affects anything. Ask why it matters. Uh, because that's, that's the first step towards understanding. It's not the only step, but the first step. Uh, so, okay, num that's number one. Number two, okay, this should be easier for us. Okay, let's see here. As for what was sown on the rocky ground, all right, okay, let's see here. Yes, you say you're already in the, yeah, we got the path, you've got the rocky, or if you want to do the rocky, uh, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, this was a sown on the rocky ground. This is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately falls away. In which case, what we're looking at here, now when we're talking about like rocky ground, it's not just like, like a pile of rocks that we have like in the back of our yard. It's just like, it's just there. It's, 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 it's like this thin layer of soil that is just resting on top of bedrock. So that it has the power to get a little bit, but it does not have the kind of root support that gives it its nourishment that goes deep when other nourishment up top is coming or when it fails. That when, when this stuff, on the external stuff fails, um, uh, your roots have to go deeper if you're going to survive. And it's amazing what sort of plants can, the, like how much you can chop off the tops of things, but if its roots go deep, it, <laughs> isn't that crazy? I love plants. I mean, it's, it's capable of doing that. What? 
Mulberry bush. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, it's just like it just it just never goes away. As long as there's a root, it's like it never goes away. And this where 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 there's people who hear the message of the kingdom of God, and it's all enthusiasm. It's like there's immediate results. There's external things that, that generate my excitement, my enthusiasm to keep it going. And eventually, all the external motivation that gives you the excitement and the drive to do something, thing, those things are going to fall apart. Let me tell you this right now, that if that, that, that Christians, the church, Pastor Dan, the teaching pastor at Redeeming Life Fellowship is going to fail you. I'm going to mess up. The person next to you, God bless them, love them, give them a hug. They're going to fail you. Yes. Uh, like it's, it's just going to happen. And if your enthusiasm doesn't go and your, your, your decision to grow and to follow Jesus uh, is only based upon external motivation or external uh, um, uh, uh, circumstances that, that you, you can keep it up when life is going good and all the external circumstances are in your favor. You're never going to be fruitful. It's not going to happen. Trouble's going to come, persecution's going to come, famine's going to come, and then what? So, okay, the last one. Here we go. Now, we only have uh, three, so I think you probably know which one's supposed to be the thorny. Okay, yep, there you go. You got some thorns, don't you? So, poke the person next to you with your thorns. No, I'm kidding, don't do that. Wow. Make them <laughs> be gentle. Come on, goodness gracious. Didn't know what to a church was so hostile. <laughs> anyway, so let's keep going. Yeah, okay, here's 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 a dangerous one. Okay, as for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. So... In the first instance, the roots could never go down. There, there, nothing germinated. In the second instance, the roots couldn't, couldn't go down as deep as they needed to be. Here, the roots are going deep. So you can see if you're thinking about this person that there's progressive stages where in the first place, there's nothing. In the second place, oh, he hears and says, oh, yeah, that's really interesting. That's, that's exciting. Hey, I do actually, you know, like this, you know, Jesus person. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll follow through with it, and then say, ah, no, I mean, you know, it was cool for a while, but now being Jesus is cool. The WWG JD bracelet is out of style. Um, you know, I'm kind of embarrassed about the fish sticker on my, on my, you know, my vehicle. Uh, you know, it's like, I, I don't, I don't want to do it. It's, it's not, it's not in. But then for others to say no. The roots go down, and I've stuck with it despite tribulation and persecution and, and being associated with the name of Jesus. I've kept with it. And somehow, uh, um, the problem isn't about not having any roots, but the sort of things that you've left to go with it. In a word, competition. A fruitful life 
in Jesus is going to be contested. Where, in other words, you can say, as it would be for any kind of farmer to say, here's the seed that I want to grow, and I'm going to plant it in the ground. And anything else that's going to compete with the soil and the nutrients that these seeds need, they've got to go. Yeah. It, there's, it's, it's unacceptable. Anything that's not the seed that I intended to plant is a weed, and it has to go. I don't care if it's good. I don't care if it's uh, um, if some other farmers want it. This is not what I'm intending to grow. It has to go. Because when, when, when we're let these things, mammon, as it were, the deceitfulness of riches, in other words, the pro not just the love of riches, but the promise of what you get with riches, be it prestige or honor or security or, or uh, any of those things, that, that, that they promise those things but never deliver them. Money can't save you. Fame certainly can't save you. We just lost Bob Saget at 65. Does anyone know why yet? I don't. Um, and, and, and to be honest, I, it, it doesn't matter to me. So the full house just got a little less full. Um, but half empty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... None of that could add another hour to his life. Couldn't do it. And, but even still, we are the sort of people who think that, that, that our security and our life and indeed our value, it can actually be increased or decreased based upon the size of our, 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 our bank accounts. I mean, what does Jesus say in the Sermon on the Mount? To say, like, who of you can, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Look at the, 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 the sparrows. Like, they don't soil, they don't spin, but, like, but God feeds them, and you're more important than sparrows. Why, why are you chasing after these things? As if you're more valuable in the sight of God than you already are right now. Why would you do that? Uh, and if you let those sort of things grow, they will compete. And the funny thing about thorns is that um, they, they, they grow at their own whim and they grow, if you let them, they will take over. And the worries of life, the deceitfulness of riches will dominate your life if you let it. Regardless of whether you're rich or whether you're poor, the worries and the deceitfulness of riches can dominate the human heart. You can just look at this. So, but alas, we are, we're not we, we we're done playing rock paper scissors unless he has a fourth one to be on there. What? It's a joke. Oh, that's all right. What is a joke? I want to hear. It's a lizard. Lizard. Rock paper scissors lizard slap. Oh, but then that's five. That doesn't fit with the parable. So, oh yes. So we so we did path, rocky, thorny, and uh, let's just call it good soil. Hey, is that is that good enough? Okay, good soil. And here's the interesting thing, then also. Yeah, uh, this even yes. And as for what was some in the good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, 
in another 60, and in another 30. And I suppose we're sort of left with this question. Well, in the first place, there's a little bit of variety into what kind of a, a harvest it is that you get, which is an encouragement to us to know that the results of a fruitful life don't always look the same from, the, from each disciple. It, just, it does vary from, from, from person to person. But lastly, what we're sort of left with a question then after this is what does a fruitful life look like? And in some cases, it's a matter of, if, if we take the analogy further, it's not that, that, um, that the same seeds um, produce the sort of thing. It multiplies what it is that was sown into your life. Or you could just say, um, in the words of R.T. France, a practical outworking of a commitment to Jesus. That that's what happens when the seed is falls on the good soil, and that there can actually be hope. Somebody took all the markers. Doggone it. Anyway, they're, they're back there. They are back there? Okay. Okay. So, anyway. Yeah, that's more like it. All right. And this is the thing that, yeah, thankfully, it doesn't happen all at once. And it does actually take time. So that eventually it does have the power to be able to change a person's life. And here's where I want you to think about this. That based upon the the the, the middle bit that we that we read, that the, the effect of listening to such a parable should prompt you, should prompt all of us to ask this question. Which soil am I? Where, whether or not I'm ever a person who, who allows the message of God's word, the message, the good news of the kingdom of God actually to transform me, depends on the condition of my heart. And thankfully, what, what we see in, the, in that, that middle bit of the explanation of the parables uh, demonstrates to us how it is that... that God has his hand both in hardening and softening the heart so that, that, that as we're looking in our hearts and seeing what condition that they're in, that it has basically the, the power to be able to expose the nature of the human heart for what it is to expose it before God and say, God, you, you have the power to be able to give me the heart that I don't have to receive the good news of, 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 of the gospel that will actually change me into a new person. God, I need you to do that which I cannot. Uh, and then 
will be able to recognize that their only reason why any of these soils produces anything good out of them, more than just being trotted on or more than just being a, a, a bundle of enthusiasm that just goes one way and one the next, or just a field of thorns. No, 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 no. God desires that your life is fruitful. And the only thing that's going to make it fruitful is a gift of God's life-changing, powerful, unmistakable grace. That, that's a gift of grace right there. Uh, so it's my prayer for wherever it is that you are in, in this stage of your life. Because the, the thing about this is that Good soil, apart from the, 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 the work of the Holy Spirit and its grace, it can become any of those things. The thing that's suggested, or at least that's, that's implicit in this message, is that um, the, the people who you are becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ, that, like, this, is, this is a lifelong thing. This isn't just a one, you know, good soil is always good soil. Not the case. Uh, and so, so uh, that this is the sort of thing that all of us need on a regular basis to allow the message of God's word in these parables to be able to expose our cold and hard hearts for what they are so that God can actually do what it is that he's desired to do. This is the reason why we read parables. So that it, it goes from here to here to here and to there. So, shall we pray? All right. Well, Lord, uh, we love you. God, we thank you so much for this day. Oh, God, I thank you so much that, that you're just the kind of God who um, is, is, is so gracious, so patient, um, who, who just doesn't leave us as we are, but... Uh, but it's a love that pursues, a love that transforms, a love that challenges, a love that revives, a love that, that makes us the people who we were called to be, who we were created to be, Lord. Uh, Father, I believe that, that the more we belong to you, the more we will be our true selves to be, to be the, that sort of people to be a people of the kingdom of heaven, to be a part of the family of God, to, to be your disciples, to people who, people who learn at your feet, to people who have, who have soft hearts who are, that are willing to be molded and changed and shaped and, and renewed by your power, God. If, if that doesn't happen, Lord, we're all toast. And I need it, God. God, how I need it. So, Lord... For, for each person here, I pray, Lord, uh, whatever the condition of our, of our hearts are, Lord, I believe that there's a good many of us here probably, that, that, that our hearts have become stomped on and impenetrable. Our hearts have become shallow, where we, we, just, we just want the excitement and the fun. Um, our hearts have become uh, crowded uh, because there have been so many things that have been competing for our affections and our devotions. But Lord, by your grace, by your mercy, Lord, 
change our hearts, create in our hearts the, the pure hearts that you desire that can actually be fruitful. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would do this. I pray that you would continue to do it. Continue to do it in my own heart, Lord. Father, we, we love you and we exalt you and we, we trust you, Lord. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Oh, cool. So I'm going to do that. Bye, everyone. Anyway, yes, I do believe. Okay, so.